In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by the Babylonians. Welcome in to episode 60 of the Gospel Friends. I am Reverend Verbage. I am Captain Crunchy Chase Thompson, and I prefer the Assyrians. That's because you're a dork. (laughs) Well, that was quick. I am Nick. I am the the General and... uh, Tiglath Pileser the Third would not be pleased, David. Oh my not word! A bit. So the Babylonians developed the uh, the number system that uh, has brought us sixty seconds in a minute and sixty minutes in an hour. In case you guys didn't know that, and so they also brought us a lot of other things. Yep. What like else did they bring us, David? Shout out! I don't know. That's all. This in the Wikipedia article. So <laughs> there you I'm not go. Really sure. <laughs> Well, all right, guys, welcome into episode 60. We have for this episode the largest number of people in the Hall of Dogma studio. I can't ever. even walk around. It's amazing what a live <laughs> studio crowd we have. You'll probably be able to hear them talking and applauding and asking questions and stuff. So Maybe stretching it with the applauding, but a little bit. All right, so we have uh, in the studio uh, Kristen Brown, who I think was actually one of the first listeners to the podcast correct at i am super dad on the twitter and um and so Kristen is with us from hotlanta or outside hotlanta am i cool enough to say that no okay so uh we're 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 glad to have Kristen, and he's actually going to join us uh on the uh, tail end of this podcast for one of our segments which if you from another state come and join us in the hall and you're not crazy we will probably let you talk as well if you're degree, really interesting then you'd probably be okay even if you are crazy i was gonna say isn't there a degree of re- crazy required to actually drive from out of state to yeah you here. need to be crazy yeah. enough to be on here but not crazy enough to be a threat to you know get you know bring harm to people that is true okay that's true and we also have another guest. I'm not actually sure that our other guest would want us to mention that he came here today. We'll just call We're him just happy to have him. Mega church pastor. <laughs> okay, so mega he, church pastor. Yeah. not sully his reputation by yeah. mega. So I'm thinking, uh, yeah, mega church pastor from the other side of David the city. P. Ooh, that's <laughs> D. Platt. Sorry. Okay, we'll just call him Reverend B. Okay. Okay, and so we're is. glad to have Reverend B. in studio with us today. And dozens of other people. <laughs> and a lot of the people that we just can't. We don't uh, know their names all. Uh, that we, we Bernard brought us cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, and John the ba- and John the Baptist. Where's John the Baptist? John the Baptist? Oh, he abandoned the ship a long time ago. Oh, there he is. Oh, yes. okay. All right, we got to put him up so we know if he is uh, pleased ha- or not. Pleased or not with what we're talking about? Who is in danger? This guy looks kind of. He looks very polished to be John the Baptist. Well, I know we we think. Well, I don't think whoa, this whoa, is John the Baptist. No, no, no. It's, John, it's the John the Baptist. No, because otherwise, the Baptist. He have any, otherwise what we're doing is sinning. Yeah, it's sacrilege. It's John the Baptist. So he, he, he has sure to be John the Baptist. I look, I know, I know for, quick, for a fact now, that quick, the Bible is to be believed that John the Baptist wore camel. This guy. Okay, this well, is before then. All right. <laughs> this, this is before This guy has on a, a white this guy, outer cloak. This guy's the, a uh, white dude with almost blondish hair, so he's really technically nobody from the Bible. But It's actually kind of brown. 
Uh, who, who invited Captain Truth over here to know. come in and wreck our, all of our, wreck our whole thing? It's, it's what I do. So what are we talking about on the uh, show today, guys? What do we have on tap? All right, so we got Pat Watch today. Oh, Pat. Pat said one of the more outrageous wait. things ever. If I were Hold to on, just that's read, a big claim. Wait, does, no, it, no, no, no. does it top the other outrageous <laughs> things? Thank that you. may be false advertising. Okay, okay, here we go. I'm going to give you the headline, right? Are you ready? And you'll agree. I guarantee you, every one of you will agree, even our live studio audience. This week, Pat Robertson came out and said that the ISIS beheadings may be the best thing that ever happened to the world. Uh, this is the segment. This outrageous. is the segment where you're going to get upset, or where Emmanuel is going to get upset at you for continuing to make fun of an old guy. Maybe so. All right, that's All right. the tease. That's the tease. All right, so that's coming yeah, up. There's in other things too, but that's just one of them. Big deal, little deal. Is, the, is that segment? We also have what were you thinking today? Listener feedback, and the general is now going to take us into our first segment with a story that he posted in the Hall of Dogma. You may ask, what is the Hall of Dogma? That is our Facebook group that you can reach at hallofdogma.com. Ask to join, and we will let you in. For all of your dogma needs. More than likely, we will let you in. Someone, By the way, someone in the Hall of Dogma this week said that I was letting in too many Ray-Ban sellers. I saw that. What's up with that? I've let in one. I don't even think I let him in. I've booted the Ray-Ban guy out, and I I have blocked four people this week. I've blocked Listen, if, if your profile says you've been on Facebook for three months and you're a part of 97 groups and you blocked. have three friends, you're not getting in. Blocked. So blocked. don't ask. But anyway, you, you posted a story well, in the Hall well, of Dogma. What would Jesus do, David? What would Jesus do? <laughs> he would block the spammers. I, I think he, would he would know block. it's a computer and not a person, probably. Wait, wait. All right, hang on. Are we really doing the textual criticism story? Oh, jeez. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> no, you <laughs> Wait, Emmanuel yep, is very excited about this story that he posted. No, Chase is trying to uh, he's trying to undermine his excitement because he I am, dude. Textual, I, I really do love textual wait criticism. To talk about Byzantine manuscripts. I know he's ready. I really Theo genuinely speaking. That Theo description of Chase may be all you need to know about his personality. Really by the way, hey, true story. Like, I've got a manuscript, a page from a Bible from the 1400s, and it's one of my most treasured possessions. Sweet. Yeah, I love old manuscripts. Mm, me too. So we, we share that. Nerd out. All right, Emmanuel, explain to us what's happening here. So there was a, a post floating around Facebook, um, and I'll just read the post. It's fairly short. You'll get the idea of what it says. Hello, beloved saints. I'm sure that you know that NIV was published by Zondervan, Zondervan but it's now owned by Harper Collins, who also publishes the Satanic Bible and the Joy of – y'all got kids to listen, so I won't say that. Um, <laughs> the Joy of – Marital fruit. Yeah, marital fruit. Uh the NIV has now removed 64,575 words from the Bible, including – I'm sorry. I was actually laugh. <laughs> including Jehovah, Calvary, Holy Ghost, and Omnipresent, to name a few. The NIV has also removed 45 complete verses. Most of us have the Bible on our devices and phones. Try and find these scriptures in, in, in the NIV or your computer, phone, or device right now if you are in doubt. And they'll list some verses, Matthew seventeen twenty one, 21, um, John 5, 4, 
Mark seven sixteen. I won't. I won't Why are you Bible. listing those? I can't find them in my Bible. Hey, I'll, I'll throw them out. John five four. Okay, so if you're in the the ESV, you don't have to throw them out. They've already been thrown out. Okay, well, I'm just going to give you kind of what uh, I'm going to lay oh, okay. on you what Emmanuel's talking about. If you're reading in the ESV, this is what John five reads. In the in these places lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for thirty eight years. All right, I'm going to flip over to the King James version and read that same. Section, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind halt, I didn't read that beforehand, Uh, of blind halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain seasons into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had had an infirmity thirty and eight years. So, in case you didn't notice... Verse 4 is in the King James Version, and it's not in the ESV. Yes. And so the, the post tells you to, you know, you won't believe your eyes when you see this. And this says, refuse to be Or you bl- don't see it. Yeah, refuse to be blinded by Satan, and do not act like you just don't care. Let's not forget what the Lord Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. And John 10.10 10 is... Uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, which I'm not really sure how it applies to this. But Jesus said it, and it's in all the Bible, so let's... Well, the enemy ripped those verses out. Is that what it is? That's what it is, right? Satan didn't want you to read the Bible. <laughs> that exactly, must be it. That's exactly what it is. This is one of those times where well, Satan removes certain... Something and then he's going to go, nope, just kidding. He removes so, certain verses. Kidding. I threw this out of the hall because it was passing around Facebook, and I... I don't respond to it. I just kind of let it go because I realize that most Christians don't really get into textual criticism, and I really didn't want to hurt their faith by – I felt like it was far less dangerous to let them, like, believe this post than it was to actually tell them about textual criticism. Oh, my. Yeah. And so uh, – but it actually kind of started a little debate in the hall, so I'll throw it to Chase. <laughs> Chase. Yes, Say sir. the sky is blue, we'll start a debate in the hall. Let's, yeah. be, let's be clear. You're somebody who likes the Bible and reads it. I do. Okay, Big so, deal, little deal, no deal. Uh, okay. Hey, you're still in a segment. Well, yeah, well that's fine. Uh, I, no, I would yeah. say this is a, a little deal to most. Um, I, you know, I assume we have some King James only advocates in the Hall of Dogma and that listen to the show. I know there are at least some partial K- KJV only guys, but I am not. So I'm going to give you a biased uh, kind of take on what's going on. And Emmanuel, uh, correct me if I if I miss a few things. The King James version of the Bible is based on a series of manuscripts called the Textus Receptus. They have been copied uh, over and over since a certain amount of time, which is debated, but. Uh, advocates of King James onlyism would say since the original autographs. But what's going on here is that the newer translations, the ESV, the uh, NIV, the NASB, etc., are based on Greek manuscripts that are actually older than the Textus Receptus by hundreds of years and probably better and more reliable. And what we think has happened is some of these verses, like John 5, 4, which I just read to you about the angel stirring in the water. John 5, 4, uh, there's some others. Uh, Mark 16, 9 through 20, 
First uh, John five seven. Some people count the pericope, uh, the adultery per- pericope in John seven fifty three through eight eleven, as most of those verses are not in yeah. the oldest and best Greek manuscripts. And it was that, that verse was listed in the uh, in the uh, post. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So so the the the. the Newer translation of the Bible either footnote those verses or set them apart somewhere. Most of the time, they don't fully pull them out. Uh, although in John five four is, is is often put pulled out and put in the footnotes. But bottom line, this is being faithful to the original text. This is not a conspiracy. I'm not a huge fan of HarperCollins. I don't believe it's a godly company. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the inclusive language of the uh, updated uh, NIV. But there's not conspiracy funny business going on here. This is scholars trying to get to precisely what the text originally said. What I leave out there, Emmanuel. Well, first, are you more offended that people are reading the NIV <laughs> than the fact that these verses aren't in there? Which one? Which one offends you more? Uh, you know, I'm a I am an ESV NASB kind of guy. I gr- I cut my teeth on the NIV. I don't hate it. Uh, but given a choice, you know, I really like the Holman Christian Standard Bible too. It's one of the few Baptist things about me. Um, but I look if I see somebody reading an NIV, I'm not like get that get that sorcerous garbage out of your hands before it burns you with hellfire, because that has the gospel in it. It has Jesus is the only way. These things that were left out of the New York translations, none of them are major doctrines. Uh, one of them, like First John five seven, kind of is a Trinitarian formula. But I love that verse, by the way. I do too. But you don't you don't have to have it to get to the Trinity do, no. theologically. So I think the the interesting thing about this, and and I think uh, pastorally, this is one of the more common uh, kind of crises of faith that I'm approached with that, that someone has to walk through. It, it's it's you know I think. For those of us who grew up in church, we're just given a Bible very young, and, and we just this is God's word, and and you know we just believe that. Or if you come to faith later in life, someone gives you a Bible, and this is God's word, read it, follow it. And, and I don't know if there's for most people there's not a thought, especially when you kind of grow up with it. Of how did we get this? Mm-hmm. Where did it come from? But somewhere at some point, someone will come along. Maybe it's an atheist or a uh, an agnostic professor who says, well, you know, the Bible is, there was a ton of books out there and, and people just pick and, you know, pick and chose which, 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 which one got in there. Which is obvious. It's total historical hype. Which is, uh, yes, it's mm-hmm. not factual from a historical standpoint. Or people will, um, you know, people will say uh, with things like this. I mean, you see this thing on the inter- on the internet, and all of these you know these verses have been removed from the Bible, and and so on. Yeah, and then you go look the verses up, and they're missing, and all of a sudden, people have that for the first time. This, mm-hmm. wait a minute, where did this come from? How how did this get into my hands? And and that process can be pretty troubling, uh, and it can it can lead to a lot of confusion. As the the very first seminary class that I had. The uh, professor asked us to uh, read a book called The King James Controversy by uh, James, James White. White yeah. And it is a great book. It's not one that, like, if you're just looking for a, a weekend read, you would go, <laughs> oh, this looks, this looks great for the beach. But it is a really good book that explains a lot of the, uh, the 
you know, textual ex- issues that you were talking about, where the Bible came from, uh, how the different translations arrive at at what they have, and you know, the issue of footnotes and those things, and it also gets into the true King James only people, uh, those who believe that the King James Bible itself is inspired, uh, that God inspired that translation, and therefore we should not deviate from it. And true King James it's only... good enough for Paul. It's good enough for us. If it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for us. <laughs> Truly, though, those guys will... Uh, you know, the real hardcore King James only guys will say, you know, even that translation is divine over the original manuscripts. Uh, there's some who really who really say that. Not everyone, but I mean, the, I'm talking about the hardcore King James only guys. So that that's a really great read to help us come to an understanding. I think if you really dive into where we've gotten our translations from and and the text behind it, I actually think it strengthens um, the, the validity of Scripture. But it can be, you see something like this on the internet, it can be for some people... Um, Kind of a shaking of faith, or something that really, uh, you know, causes them some internal, internal uh, conflict. Well, so, and I guess that's a that's a question from a couple different perspectives. You know, you got a couple different perspectives represented. You got pastoral, teacher, even counselor, and so layman's terms. I mean, what's your encouragement to a believer that um, they they encounter the atheist at work or the agnostic college professor? That, that throws this accusation at them. Um, you mentioned James White. What's your practical two-minute encouragement direction? I think, I think Andy Stanley said it best. <laughs> What's coming after this? This is going to be interesting. What did he say, David, that we, we don't uh... – Here we go. Let's let the, let the Andy bashing begin. I can't, I can't remember the, the, the quote verbatim, but it's something like we don't... Joel's on deck. Get ready to bash him a little bit, too. His Creflo batting third. <laughs> oh, good night. We don't worship a book. We worship an event or something like that. We don't... Yeah, what was... Uh, yeah. He did say that. Yeah, I, was, did, I, I seem to recall you bashing him a little he bit He did that. say that. I wasn't bashing. We don't put our faith in the book. We put our faith in the event. Something, something, yeah, something like, like that. that. Yeah. He didn't say person, now, which was a little odd. He, he said... Yeah. Event. He was talking about the resurrection. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. He was talking he was, about the resurrection. His, his point was that the resurrection is more important than the Bible. Yes. Uh, in some hmm. respects. I don't think he meant it as a blanket. Which statement. it is in in a salvation sense. Yeah. The resurrection is about as important as you can get. Yeah. Um, can we all agree on that? We can all agree and here, on and here's that. The thing. About I, as important as you can get. Okay. I am not in... I am. I'm not very do- like. Here's the thing. I love the Bible. I, you know, as family, you have to, say, have, to have a disclaimer first. <laughs> I love the Bible. I love the Bible, but but I prefer the Book of Mormon. <laughs> oh, is that what's coming? I study the Bible. <laughs> you know, I, I you know I read it. I love it. But like, I am not one of those guys who's like, you know, the big inerrancy guys. Like, I believe in inerrancy, but I don't. I don't trumpet it like it's not a. It's not a big deal for me, and and the and one of the reasons for that is is because uh, I guess my Pentecostal background is that I I believe in God, <laughs> and I believe in Jesus, and I believe in the Holy Spirit, which will let me know things. And I know people say, "No, you need the Bible," because people are afraid that if you don't have the Bible, that everybody just goes to hell. And it's like, no, people people did all right without the Bible. Hmm. Abraham didn't have it. Moses didn't have it. Paul didn't have it. 
in the Old Testament, but the early church didn't have it. You might have mm-hmm. had a church that had one church might have had Mark, another one might have had a scrap of 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 Luke. Um, so you're saying basically in the issue of inerrancy, why you believe in that, I think, um, would not your 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 I, salvation, your people, faith is not based on that one I way or the other. I think that certain people put more faith in the Bible as a physical book than they do in God. Is, I guess is my point. I tend to agree wow. with that. I, you know, you see people that are cessationists, which I love every now and then, and say, you know, God only speaks now through His Word. Yeah, and those I'm people like, are like well, what can I like you show to call me a verse wrong. On that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> Although I appreciate the sorry, integrity Sarah. in that, and that's wanting to say, hey, you know what? Just because you feel like God says something's okay, it doesn't mean it's okay. Or just because you feel like God's saying something doesn't mean He's saying something. Uh, so I totally get that. I the the but I just don't know that we can definitively say, God, you only speak through your word. Yeah, and so it's it's, and and I think that people assume that well, it's God, so He'll make stuff easy and make stuff, uh, you know, just readily available, so He wouldn't want us to have all these different manuscripts. But I think that's different. I think you know, Proverbs talks about it. Uh, it's it's. It is the glory of a king to hide the matter, mm-hmm. or you know, or the glory of God to hide hide the matter. And the glory of a king to search it out. The glory of a king to search it out. And so I think that God purposely had things just kind of follow a natural course, just so we would study, um, just so we would search these things out for ourselves, uh, so we would have these debates about the Word of God because it's it's good for us to uh, to hash out what we believe. And on a side note. The word Jehovah is not in the Bible. It never has been. The word Jehovah is a combination of the of the uh, the Hebrew consonants for Yahweh and the Hebrew vowels from Adonai. That's right. And so, since Jewish people don't say Yahweh, um, they came up with a way to say the name without saying the name, and so they just took those consonants and merged it with the vowels of Adonai, and that's how you got. Jehovah, it's not in the Bible, so you, you're good. And Calvary, I think it's Latin. Golgotha is the Greek word. Yeah. I think Calvary is a Latin term. That's true. Um, There's a lot of canards in in this whole yeah. thing. A lot of alarmist <laughs> language. Let it go. Um, and while we're at it, Lucifer is also is not in the Bible. Did you, oh, you yeah. said there's a lot of canards. <laughs> it's the yeah. only Latin word left in the Bible. Uh, is that a is that Bernard's cousin? It is Bernard's okay. cousin, and, and there's a lot of him in the Bible. A canard, David, is an unfounded rumor or story. Why wouldn't you just say there's a lot of unfounded rumors or stories in the Bible? I don't, I don't why do you always have to? Why do you always have to try to prove how smart you are by saying words that nobody understands? We are into I one segment and already have two really good titles. I, 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 under, I understood what he was talking. Okay. About. Well, Thank of you, course man. you did because you're as smart as him. Nick and I are just. I would argue that the I'm class dummies are looking at each other oh, trying to figure out what. Just like a smart smackdown coming up. Episode. <laughs> Unless we're talking about the New Testament, and then he wins. Well, we I know I'll lose in the Old Testament. Yeah. Hey, hey! By the way, a um, couple of books here. As long as we're talking about this this textual criticism business, worth reading. Uh, the New World Translation. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, Norm Geisler, who I'm not a huge Norm Geisler guy. He's he's a cessationist. Uh, so I'll throw that out there. Good guy. Frank Turek, also a cessationist, who followed us on Twitter this week. Good job, I Frank. Noticed. Thank you, Frank. Um, oh, well, he doesn't listen to the show. He just follows Probably not. Okay. But they wrote a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And I know that book. It's a fine book, for, especially for uh, kind of uh, – 
uh, rank and file apologetics and understanding textual criticism. It's re- it's really good. Lee Strobel's books, uh, uh, the case for Christ, the case for faith, are really good on that issue too. That's a great. That's a, we did a Nick and I did a youth uh, or college. Uh, group study on that book one time. Yeah, and that's all good. the textual criticism you need to know to be able to understand that people like Bart Ehrman and and, and atheists who would say, don't you, you know, the thing you were saying earlier. So we're that's not going to talk about to. Codex Sinaiticus? I love Codex Sinaiticus. I'm more of a Vaticanus guy. Let's uh, let's let's say right. that for episode yeah. one of I mean, well, Alexandrinus. Theology nerds. Mm-hmm. With Emmanuel and Chase, I, I will say from this they is, went in full pocket protector. They did. Did you they notice did. that? We went. That was fun. <laughs> They're just mad because they read the Byzant- Byzantine scripts. That's what the. That's what they. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. They're Western manuscript guys, aren't you? Uh, I, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, so. <laughs> Me and Joel and my copy of the message are just doing just fine. Thanks. Oh, the message. No, I'm just kidding. The That's message all is actually pretty good. So, right, so the so, moral of the story is go get a new living translation and everything will be fine. Uh, look, no, the I th- I think though it, we'll, we'll kind of end here with you know I think from a pastoral Three perspective, titles. pastoral perspective, I think this again highlights the importance in ministry and of pastors. Doing a, a really good job somehow, either through discipleship classes, small groups, or teaching on Sunday, of teaching and uh, practical matters, even about how we've we've arrived at Scripture. Uh, I think that's not something you know, we, we've talked about this before. There's that thought of you know we got to be a little bit more quote unquote relevant and uh, you know on Sunday morning and things of that nature. But we've got to. You know, we need to teach and and not let the first time our kids or congregation members hear about these issues be when they read an internet meme or they go to a mm. a, a, a class and their faith gets blown. I mean, we we need to do a good job of teaching through these things and helping prepare people um, for the background of where the Bible, you know, does come from, how, how we arrived at what we have, and. You know, and we tried to do that. You know, with the college guys, when we were doing the college groups. That's the whole reason we did the case for yep. Christ. I mean, we knew they were going to hear these things in college, and so let's address it now. Let's deal with it. No, it's not as exciting as you know, name this topic, but it is. It is important. We need to just like we want to prepare our kids. We need to prepare our congregations for the things they're going to read on the internet and hear. Exactly. In the world. So, exactly. Good word. Let the people to, know where the Bible comes from. Yes. It's a Catholic church. And you don't have to burn your NIVs yet. By the way, there's a, there's a guy in the Hall of Dogma selling Ray-Bans. Somebody, Walters, you all know him? Is he? <laughs> no, I wow. made that up. That was, I was just casting Look, aspersions. Look, if you're going if you're to sell Ray-Bans, you, should, you shouldn't be that shady looking. I mean, you should... Uh, <laughs> you might want a more trustworthy picture is what you're saying. That's, yeah. that's insulting. There we go. All right. Uh, well, that guy should be insulted. The chances of me ever meeting him is probably slim tonight. Probably slim. All right, guys. Um, let's move to the uh, what were you thinking segment. Uh, I'm a little disappointed this week we don't have our uh, – do we have our segues? No. Oh, okay. Nick's soundboard has been removed from him. And he is powerless. Sort of. What happened? All he can do now is sit there with a really dumb hat on his head and just hey, <laughs> <your> mouth <laughs> before we persecute you more. War Eagle. Okay, so what were you thinking? Global edition. We're going to start in Germany, and this is a uh, title that uh, it just it had a manual all over it when, <laughs> when I read this headline. Uh-oh. 
What were you thinking as a segment where we take a look at uh, just kind of uh, – My favorite book ever was written in Germany, by the way. Odd news stories from around the world. Mein Kampf? What, what, no. what oh, was okay. it? Well, <laughs> the, the Luther translation of the New Testament. Ah, uh, okay. Well, but that I, was a Mein Kampf play. That doesn't have anything to do with this story. I was just being a jerk. But uh, this had a manual written all over it, although you probably needs to be careful with his comments here. German man drugs girlfriend with sedative to keep playing computer games in peace. <laughs> I think we all probably need to be careful with our comments here. All right, so this is a this is a do we have, we have listeners from Germany? Yeah, we do actually. All right, number so, seven on the top top ten. All right, Germans, this is happening in your country. A twenty three year old man a twenty three year old man has been fined in Germany after admitting he gave his girlfriend a drug in her tea so he could keep playing Xbox <laughs> with a friend. What, Xbox One? Xbox Original? What? Uh, surely. I mean, it's, it's showing a wireless controller. and a, Surely it's the... I mean, nobody has an Xbox, original Xbox no, no. anymore, do they? It I, still I runs? I, I have one. It. Yeah, I have one. I don't play Does it. Does it run? Yeah. I still have my original Nintendo. Nice. And Super Nintendo. Did you ever play and Siphon GameCube. Filter? Because that was a good game. Oh, that was... I beat Siphon Filter. Nice. I still I have wish, Siphon Filter. I wish I still had my uh, N64, because I had N64 games. and I still have my 64. Do you? Yep. I would say the best game of all time sure, was yeah. on the N64. Mario World? What was it? No, Mario Golden World's good. GoldenEye. Golden in my Eye. view, GoldenEye's the best game ever Great. made. So, Chase, if you were Golden playing, if you were yeah. playing, what was it called? GoldenEye? Yeah. GoldenEye with a friend late at night, and Janet came in yeah. and started bugging you to get off the Xbox, or, yeah, uh, get off uh, N64 and spend time with her. Any thought of... You know, giving her a little something to send her on to sleep so you could just continue playing. He'd probably start talking about that last article and just put her right to sleep. <laughs> I have no comment on your question, but I have a question of my own. What was the sedative used, and is it safe? <laughs> wow. I'm just curious. Okay. Um, the line was crossed. Let's I'll, uh, probably I'll, a little bit. I and I honestly thought it would part. be Emmanuel who would do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dang. All right, what? so uh, yeah, so this this guy's girlfriend comes in uh, about ten p.m. They're playing with uh, playing Xbox with a friend, and I guess she wanted him to send the friend home and spend time with her. Was his name Bill Cosby? So he oh, <laughs> oh, we you need to write that. That's probably an edit point. Too soon, you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's insulting yeah, to Cosby, who probably deserves to be insulted. Hey, so look, I I, I teach you guys know we my, me and my wife teach parenting classes for. Um, uh, Where is this I'll, story I'll, going? I'll show you. Ooh, Just can hang, I have on the punchline here? hang on a second. Hang on a second. So we teach parenting classes for uh, a, a local family ministry here in uh, the city where the Hall of Dogma is located. Birmingham. I, for, I forgot its secret. Oh, well, it's not anymore. Okay, Birmingham. So, um, so there, there's an illustration that I always use about Bill Cosby as, as we're teaching because, you know, Bill Cosby had some great parenting lines. Like he would just tell his kids, you know what? You own nothing. I own Everything yeah. in this house. So don't tell me that, you know, like you have a right to close your door. You have a right to what? So Little did you know that was a pickup line. I would use. Uh, I'm sorry. I could help it. So I usually Brett's say. Not helping the situation so I, I tend to. You weren't supposed to say his name. So I. Anyway, I made the comment in the last class, you know, and this is actually what I said. Because I had forgot about the controversy. So I'm using that illustration. And I said. I'm I'm the Bill Cosby of my family. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I really did. Nick, there's your title. And then, <laughs> there's your title. And so I had about 20 students who just all started going, you know, some of them big eyes. What? And some of them are laughing. And I'm like, and I looked over to Allison and I was just like, ah, I, ha- I can't use this illustration anymore. Nope. I've got to update it. I just realized. And I just wanted to leave and, you know, go crawl in a hole somewhere. So anyway. Um, I don't know what part of the show we're in right now, but this is great. <laughs> we are where David is wrapping up. What were you thinking? And we're deciding who yeah, and it's going to. I think drugging your girlfriend is wrong. Amen. So Amen. Maybe, yes. But yes. I understand. <laughs> and, and, but the real problem here is that it shouldn't have had to come to that. <laughs> wear think, the pants. Here we go. Wear the pants. Hashtag and wear them early. <laughs> Girlfriend, yeah, which you've talked about on on on, on the earlier episodes, yeah, which just, is hey, yeah, don't just, don't you know, don't be someone else. Now I'm a gamer, and you are a gamer. When I got married, um, big Halo, uh, you know, big Halo fan. We played a lot of Halo Two. This is before Xbox Live. A lot of my friends would come over, and we'd hook up like four or five TVs. Oh yeah, hook up all these Xboxes and have a yep. LAN party. Uh, you know, all my nerds. Two TVs in the living room, one in what would be the nursery and one in what used yeah. to be my oh, yeah. office. We had three in the living room, one in the kitchen, one in the dining room. I thought you could only do four. I, I don't know. I don't, I, we had four or five. I'm not, I don't okay. remember the early days. It might have been just four. I'm not sure. That may have been the router I had, too. But first of all, my wife didn't care. Second, it wouldn't matter if she cared or not because guess what? Pants. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you know how okay. we never so. give shout outs to the females in the Hall of Dogma? Yeah. I think we need to do that some today just just to balance out it's some of this, just to make it. You presume that term. after this gets listened to, there are going to be females. Right, I, I do want to. I want to give a manual. No I want to give a manual some credit because I've I've been at his house for a small group before one, mm-hmm. and uh, at like ten thirty, we're outside. And we're uh, we're having small group, enjoying a cigar or something. His his wife comes up, doesn't even say anything to, just kind of like waves at everybody. Goes in the house, and we never see her. It, you know, she didn't come over and, and start saying, "Hey, you guys need to break it up," or giving a manual hand signals or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so you just need to write a book, and that would avoid people having to do things like this. Yeah. One other story before we get out of what were you thinking? Because I know you guys can't get enough from Vietnam. Do we have any Vietnam listeners? Yeah, we do actually. You know, okay. we actually have had listeners from over a hundred countries. Believe it or not, they're not. Not everybody's a regular listener. All right, but man who raised two puppies discovered they were actually bears. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, re- How long did this take? You, uh, two years. Your non-resident. <laughs> Yunnan resident Wang Caillou two years. Caillou purchased two puppies from a Vietnamese man a few years ago. The a puppy, what, a what kind of man? A Viet, Vietnamese. Okay. okay. The puppies. <laughs> what I say? Go, the a puppies. Vietnamese or the puppies at the time were apparently the same color as any normal dog and seemed very well behaved. Uh, problems did not arise until uh, a couple of years later when they grew up and ate Caillou's chickens. <laughs> That's the best story. <laughs> Caillou, Caillou took them to the vet, discovered the puppies were actually Asian black bears. <laughs> That's so great. So I'm, I'm wondering if, if there wasn't uh, – he ended up turning them over to the uh, Yunnan Wild Animal Rescue Center. He thought uh, they were, where they are, where they are now living. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, where they're now, now living in, in peace. Um, so I just wonder if um, – 
And here's a picture now of one of the puppies all grown up. <laughs> That's no puppy. That's just obviously a bear. Oh, my word. <laughs> so I wonder if maybe I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that um, maybe this gentleman was not the uh, sharpest tool in the drawer. He may have had poor eyesight. <laughs> He's really, really, really poor eyesight. Spot, why are you eating the chickens? <laughs> no, but seriously, like if I mean, you can mistake a bear cub uh, for a puppy if you maybe if you I mean the poor eyesight and they're still small. Yeah. Now about in a couple of weeks though. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Look two years initially, in. sure. <laughs> two years. Yeah. I I'm thinking he was when it stands up on its hind legs. So, so, this some is other a clue. kind of issue there. So yeah. uh <laughs> all right, so uh what were you thinking? For this week, that was great. That's a wraps. It is now time to move into uh, get ready to move into big deal, little deal. Now, real quick, if you want to uh, contact us, make some comments, or ask some questions on the uh, the first uh, couple of stories that we've had, you can reach us on the Twitter at my gospel friends or through email thegospelfriends at gmail dot com, and uh, you can also leave us a a, a voicemail. Uh, if you're an international listener, speakpipe.com forward slash the gospel friends. Correct. Awesome. Well right. what's, hey, what's our phone number again? No, no clue. Right. None whatsoever. 9735. We got two things to do, guys, before we do BDLD. Okay. I, one of the things we had to do is we wanted to express how much we appreciated uh, listeners like Lucy Marskell and Jeanette Acock and Christy Hicks and <laughs> Janet Thompson and uh, Rachel Hugert, Sydney Ledbetter, um, Rachel Kathy, Rachel Kathy, Allison Hicks McConnell, Jennifer Dean. Um, no, 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 no. Jennifer makes fun of us, don't we? Don't. No. I, I still like Jennifer. I like Jennifer. No, but she she says she. Should can't. we mention those that have come and gone? Desiree. Uh, Desiree, I, I think miss, Desiree still listens. So she tweets us from time to time. I miss Desiree. She was she was good. She was very cool and very sensible. And I'm just so kind of pulling these probably names. Way too sensible for the hall. Probably. Did y'all see? The, did y'all see the video Chase posted earlier today? Gosh, that's oh, awful that's, video. That's Chase. I thought it was creative. Hey, why um, why are we uh, appreciative of these people, Chase? Because we love them and we appreciate them and we need them. And we've probably offended them pretty badly. And I was so just trying to do a little this, makeup call. This uh, this rendition of Affirmative Action Today with yeah. Chase Thompson <laughs> yeah. brought to you by Holy Crap Cereal, which I think we actually have over there That's on crapola. our sh- – Oh, we have Crapola? Yeah, no, I, I thought mean, it was Holy Crap. Alexandria Romano from Alaska. Yeah. She's pretty cool. Welcome to – Anastasia Red- McCain. Dave. Welcome to I'm Patronizing sure. Today with it's, Chase It's Thompson. Holy Crap. All right, and for you guys making fun of me, somebody has to leave. We have to. Yep. We have to kick somebody yes, off the that's island. Why. We to review make room cereals on the show, Reverend Christian B, Brown. and that's why we people send us cereal and we review it on the air. Someone sent us that. All right, so we're going to bring Kristen on, and uh, either Nick or I have to leave. So we're going to do now. Wait a minute. The last time we tried paper rock scissors it didn't work. Are we are we shooting on three? Or are we shooting on four? Is it paper rock? Is yeah. it is it one, one two, two shoot? Yeah. Okay. What are you What are you going to do first? I thought it was one two three shoot. I need to know. Is it one, two, shoot? Okay, Whatever here we do. go. All right, ready? One, two. Dad gum. Right. Two out of three? No. See you, Nick. <sighs> Nick Jenkins. Have a good day, Nick Jenkins. You failed this city. I was going to leave, guys, so he could. Oh, it's fine. It'll be, no, it's good. It'll it's be good. much more entertaining. All right, welcome awesome. into the show, Kristen 
Brown from Atlanta, Georgia, at I am Super Dad on Twitter. It's well, Hot Lana. Hot Lana. I was told I wasn't Radio cool enough police. to say that. Well, Kristen, yeah, Kristen is. Kristen is. <clears throat> He's otherwise that. known as the ATL. There you go, the ATL. <laughs> All right, Kristen, this is uh, your one shot, perhaps, at fame and fortune. Make the most of it. Oh, yeah. It's done. Okay. It's already written, right? So, yeah. Y'all wanted audience response, right? Well, it depends. Uh, yeah, we're clapping stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did we get rid of that serious fellow that was here earlier? Do you go to, uh, is Creflo's church in Atlanta? It is in Atlanta. Do you go there? Yeah. No, what's, I do not go there. What's okay. your take on Creflo? Hey, I don't I, go to churches with private airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> I wish we had a private airplane. All right, I Chase. Did too. Big deal, little deal. It's all you, man. Go. I thought we were going to banter around a little bit more. Uh, no, no, that's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm all for being serious. We, we got to finish, right? Well, we, we, we can't finish if we never get started. Amen to that. All right, so it's now time for that wonderful game, Big Deal or Little Deal. Oh, wait. Hang on. We, we, we actually should let Kristen say something himself. about his family. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who so cares let's, about his family? I do. <laughs> I mean, other than you. Other than me. All right, look, we're going to let you introduce yourself, but you at some point in the conversation has to, have to use the words, um, what's something we, we can tell me has to say? Aquaman. Aquaman, okay. What? <clears throat> Aquaman. <laughs> I'm lost. It's great. Okay, here we go. I'm just kidding. I'm a, yes. Oh, where were My we? name is Kristen. I am originally from Birmingham, the Pinson area, and I have known one captain crunchy for a good 20 plus years shout out to captain crunchy that's right uh i have a wife tracy and two kids logan and brett 13 and 9 and they're the joy of my life logan and, and i'm brett. a stay-at-home dad is brett uh, a family name or was that you know no where did that come <clears throat> well, from if i'm just being honest i, I liked brett Favre. yes you back did. in the day he's still one of the greatest you good named your brett child Favre. after brett Favre. Not necessarily. That was supposed to be my first son's name, but I changed his name at the last minute. My wife is an interesting thing. She wanted she wanted to name our kid Jack, and we're sitting at a wedding in a church, and she says, what about a middle name? Because I like Jack. I said, yeah, I like Jack, too. And she sits there, and it's quiet. Procession is coming down, and she goes, what about Daniel? Ah, uh, nice. Uh, said, yes, that's exactly what I want to name my kid. I like Jack. It. Daniel Brown. That's perfect. I like it. Let me give you a better she name. Said, she said no after that? Well, just hysterical out. laughter erupted okay. by her, and it's that name was thrown out. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Kristen, your son, your next son, and I hope you have one just so you can use this, needs to be named Jack. Your last name is Brown. Jack Bauer Brown should be his, his name. Clearly I was not thinking. No, clearly you're not. I don't know. Maybe I'm a huge, I mean, I'm a huge Jack Bauer name. fan. I mean, who isn't? I like that. He's he's a real American hero, no doubt about it. All right, before we move on to the segment that you're joining us for, big deal, little deal. Um, in 45 seconds or so, what what's the most uh, embarrassing story you can tell us about one Captain Crunch? Oh, I'm not going to tell you the most embarrassing, but I will tell you one that needs to be told. Okay, and I'm sure Nick wants to know about this. <laughs> Thanks a lot, jerk. <clears throat> I do not know him as Captain Crunchy because he is known as Aquaman to me. <laughs> And the, and the reason is very simple. Lots of spandex? Pick, oh, all right, could hey, be. Hey, I'm, listen, listen, I'm going to go Golden Girls right here, all right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, you're going to go where? Which one Picture were you? It. Picture Ruth it. pretty one. 
Okay. At the beach. You barely didn't say the, the Golden beach. Girls. <laughs> church trip. One Captain Crunchy is there. Which is always the best place for church trips. You, got, you guys, yes. you guys know he loves to swim. Yes. I do love he loves the, the ocean. Loves the beach. Love it. Fishing with uh, casting nets and everything. Yep. There, was, there was one particular moment where Captain Crunchy came out of the ocean. And he's in flippers, <laughs> casting net around his body, snorkel and mask. Nice. With a bucket full of stuff. Is I don't know what was in it. Flopping flippers. around, coming yes. out and coming out of the you ocean. Had, you had flippers. And that in that moment, guys, is pictured in. It's burned into my memory. You have and for, it. He was forever known as Aquaman. Um, is that your? Uh, that, I assume that's the uh, years of uh, no Probably. girlfriend. I had plenty of girlfriends, <laughs> four or five at the same time, as I recall. My respect for Chase just went up a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. Because he had four or five girlfriends or because he wore flippers in the ocean? Girlfriends. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, girls I, dig I, people who can swim, right? Absolutely. I think. And you hook Janet. I'm there picturing, um, in case any of you have ever watched Spongebob, <laughs> because I'm, pic- I'm picturing Mermaid Man list of, is who I'm picturing. I want him to have a sense of humor and be very buoyant. Yes, that, that's important. <laughs> can, I, can I say as a... Can I, won't, I, say, I won't date anyone without a good breaststroke. That's what they say, right? That's another... I don't potentially. Can, right can I say that um, I, as a former youth pastor, and and I'm probably going to offend. Thank you. God that God did, uh, delivered you from that. I'm, I'm going to probably offend some people here, but I, I've never under like your job as a youth pastor is to lead your kids into uh, you know teaching teaching them Bible, learning more about Christ, discipleship, mm. uh, hopefully steering them away from sin. No. And your first thought is okay. Your first thought is oh. Youth beach trip. Let's let's take them all to the beach where they will where we will plan beach activities. What's wrong with three the out of the four days activities there, Reverend? D-Mac? Well, because most of them probably are not wearing Mennonite <laughs> bathing suits. Bathing suits. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Like because nothing can go wrong go, with a group of hot, sweaty, wet teenagers. At least let's just like, go on a ski trip or something where you well, have to. Hey, you, what, didn't, you didn't have those kind of restrictions back in the day. We, we, this was a college group that, that Chris was talking about, so there were no yeah, restrictions uh, on no, what was yeah, worn by the, college. The, the men and the women. But I will say when I was a youth pastor, I, you, y'all probably think I'm crazy, but we did have a T-shirt rule um, for when the when we engaged in what, – what was it? John used to call it mixed bathing. Big deal, little deal, go. Uh, let's do it. Okay, so this week Pat Robertson came out and said – This quote, you wonder, maybe the best thing that ever happened to the world is for these crazies in ISIS to keep on beheading people, doing some of these extreme things. Listen, you've heard all this business about Islam being a religion of peace. Islam does not mean peace. It means submission. Then he went on to promote his book, uh, a, a book titled Islam, Religion of Peace or War. Is it a big deal, little deal, or no deal? And we'll go to you first, Kristen. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that Pat Robertson said one of the best things to ever happen in this world is for ISIS to keep on beheading people. Since I know that Emmanuel and I are kindred spirits, he's probably going to agree with what I'm about to say, and that is it's big deal and little deal at the same time. Oh, my. Number one, because it's Pat Robertson. Yeah. Number two, because it's Pat Robertson. <laughs> if you mix big deal and now, little deal together, what do you get? 
Medium deal? Medium deal. Okay. No, but the thing is about this uh, – okay, my question to Pat is – all right, Pat. When is beheadings ever a good thing? It depends I mean, think on, about it. It depends on who's getting beheaded. Well, your, your, <laughs> first, very true. your first problem your first problem is you have a question for Pat, which is where most of <laughs> these difficulties come from. Exactly. That's true. But, but, but never, never in my life have I ever thought, you know, somebody getting beheaded, well, that's all right. That's a good thing. I've never thought that, ever. Have you? No. Uh, yeah. Oh, I on. thought it today. <laughs> Look, I am, I, I, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm not saying I'm good at this. But I, I, have, I come from a violent place. I think violent thoughts. Um, so, yeah, I thought beheading was a good thing. Do you on. think being <laughs> loud in church hey. is a beheadable? I, I didn't say it was about that. <laughs> okay, I was just curious. It was probably after he came in here. Maybe so. Maybe no, so. No. Okay. But he, okay, here's the thing. He's right. Oh. If, Pat, you are on fire today. No, 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 no about this. It's Pat Robertson. Oh, you know? Kristen's right. Yeah, Kristen's oh, I thought right. you meant Pat was right. Yeah. I do think Pat is right. <laughs> the church has always grown in the midst of persecution. I would say that Nero probably did more for Christianity than, you know, than Paul. Or Joel Osteen. Wait, so... Hold on now. Joel now... Joel's got a bestseller. Why do you have to hate on Joel? He's got 50,000 members. I was just trying to be funny there. He's got great hair. Nice smile. Hot wife. Doesn't need to be preaching or anything, but... (laughs) Shouldn't That's be preaching, a, yeah. but all that other stuff's going for him. Yeah, I he mean, has hecklers. Yeah, nobody's coming in your service to heckle you, Reverend B. You're kind of allowed, not allowed. Reverend, I get a lot of heckle texts. Reverend B. is kind of a mega church pastor. Do you get heckled? No, he doesn't. No, so they know how to handle it. Well, okay, yeah. here's the thing. <laughs> Remember the uh, the video of the beheading of the 21 yes, Coptic yes. Christians. Yes. The Christians were trying to say they're not real Christians. But uh, shout out to was that was that horrifying or was that inspirational? Like for me, it was actually very in- like I, I kind of got fired up about it. I, I it was very inspirational to see Christians die like Christians and not you know what I'm saying mm. and not die in fear or cower. Like they were really they're just like fine. Yeah, that, like we we know we know where our hope lies. Blood that's, of the martyrs is the seat of the church, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's so, that's one of the things that I thought too, Emmanuel, along those same lines. Is the media covering these atrocities is a, is beneficial to raise awareness of what's going on? Now, is it the best thing that ever happened to the world? No, Jesus, no. Jesus was probably the best right. thing that ever happened to the world. Uh, but beheadings in themselves, if if you're beheading Christians, I I think it's helpful as far as the spread of the gospel goes. So there, there's actually, along those lines, um, John Piper, perhaps a little bit more revered at this table among some of us than, than Joel. Perhaps. Okay. So he actually you know, he does this Ask Pastor John podcast, and one of the questions that he asks Pastor John, God, why, why are you always all about me enunciating all the time? It's overrated. Enunciation is very important. Okay. Ask – Ask Pastor John. Good. <laughs> okay. So it, he did a podcast episode. He got asked the question, should I look at beheading images? Because, you know, this was starting to come out, uh, a lot of these getting posted online. His answer was actually very interesting. He, he he talked about that, you know, some people should not, some people should. So, And I don't remember his reasons for should not, perhaps, if it was 
um, uh, you know, bothering if it would bother you to a to a depth of um, not being able to sleep or something, um, or creating some type of sinful image in your mind, then you should not. But he actually said it is helpful for some people who can do that to watch those because it might um, invigorate or inspire in you feelings of um, you know what we read in the Bible of martyrdom and of you know being able to bring those texts to life at the same time um, that understanding what other Christians are going through out of your cultural setting and understanding that there are, that, that there are people actually dying in this day for their faith in other parts of the world. While you're whining uh, about possibly losing a tax exemption. It, oh. it, it could be inspiring you to missions and to mission work. So it, anyway, I, I don't remember his full answer there. I, I would actually suggest you just go and, and uh, you can go to desiringgod.org and enter a uh, search for Should I Look at Beheading Images, and you can find the podcast easy if you're interested in getting his full answer. But my point being is that along the lines of what you're saying, he he actually John Piper said it could be helpful in some situations to to view those. Yeah, my son uh, saw the very briefest coverage on the news uh, of, of that happenstance, and it haunted him for for days. Um, in fact, there was one night I remember that he woke up crying about it, and, and several times he told me he was afraid of ISIS. And you know, obviously, I don't want him to just be laying in his bed afraid. But on the other hand, that opened the door for us to have some real conversations about the faith, the cost of faith, especially the cost of faith that people are are, are giving, paying around the world. I mean, salvation is by grace through faith, but... For for some of these people in some of these places, they're they're giving their lives, and it is inspiring. It is it is a good thing. I think what what Pat Robertson was trying to say was that this shows that Islam really is evil. Uh, but I tend to agree with you, Emmanuel. I think there is. It's hard to say. It's 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 not the best thing that's ever happened. It's hard to say it's good, but Christians being beheaded for the faith. If you have kind of a literal understanding of the Book of Revelation, there. They're winning. They're winning everything because there, there's a there's a sense that that uh, beheaded Christians are are going to be ruling and reigning with Jesus again, depending on exactly what Revelation is saying. Perhaps in a way that some people aren't who mm-hmm. are Christians. I, I saw a story this week. It almost made it into BDLD about. Uh, the, the father of a young girl from Nigeria. He's a pastor. She was kidnapped by Boko Haram and and slaughtered. And this is what he said. And, and on the surface, it's remarkable. But um, like I said, she was killed by Boko Haram last week or so. And he said, I was told that my daughter refused to change her religion. I was told that they dug a hole and buried her from the neck and stoned her to death. Mm-hmm. To die for the sake of Christ, that is the happiest thing for me. I'm grateful that she didn't change. She trusted in God. Man, that's sobering. Um, and, and, and that's awesome. I, I, I could not say that about my daughter, but it, it is at the very least inspiring. I, I think that's the, uh, although you didn't ask me, but probably little deal, I would say, here. Because I think this is one of those situations to where had a guy that we really respect, like a piper, said something like that, saying, 
says something controversial like it could be beneficial to look at beheading images, you go, hmm, but you give it a listen and you consider what they're saying. Where somebody like Pat who pretty much except for people who have just been followers of the 700 Club for years and years kind of add a loyalty to him. Uh, I, I don't know many people who kind of respect his answers, although there's still a lot of people who are asking him questions. But I think it's a he said it, so it, it must be off the wall where someone else says it that you, you have a lot more respect for and you give it some thought. So uh, I, I think what he said, kind of a little deal, because uh, I think someone else could have said it and probably got away with it. Possibly so. All right, last one. Um, UFC boss Dana White, who is kind of the owner and president of the uh, Ultimate Fighting, um, has told Cuban middleweight fighter Yoel Romero – to stop talking about Jesus, Romero beat Lyoto Makita in a uh, UFC bout last week, and he came out and, and talked about Jesus, thanked Jesus for the victory. And this is what Dana White said to him. This was in an interview. It wasn't said directly to him. It was said in an interview. He said, again, this is, this is Yoel Romero's boss, essentially. You just won the biggest fight of your career. America doesn't want to hear your thoughts on Jesus. Keep, keep that stuff at home. Religion, politics, all that stuff. When you're out there fighting and you're being interviewed, they want to hear about the fight. It's awesome that you love Jesus. Love Jesus all you want. You just don't have to do it publicly. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? We'll go to you first, Emmanuel. I'm going to go little deal. Um, it kind of upsets me. I, I actually like Dana White. I'm not a big UFC guy, but Dana White's very, he's a very good salesman, and I understand what, why he's worried about it. But I like athletes talking about uh, Jesus. For one, I like it because it infuriates atheists. You know, I love it when athletes uh, talk about Jesus after different things. And there's been a lot of athletes who come under fire. Russell Wilson, the quarterback for Seattle, he gets – he gets slammed a lot because he's out out front with his faith. Um, Ray Lewis, when they were winning the Super Bowl, he 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 gave people the impression that that you know God had told him that they were going to win, and people thought he was crazy until they won it. Um, so I like to hear athletes do that if if I think they're truly Christians. Manny Pacquiao, he also gets a lot of flack uh, since he's become a Christian. Um, but I mean, it's the world. If you love Jesus, the world is going to hate you. Hmm. And obviously they don't understand Christianity because it's not supposed to be private. That's the whole, you know, it's not a Christianity. And there may be a lot of religions that are a private thing. Christianity is not one of those things. It's not private ever. It's, it's public. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It's like if you have private Christianity, then you are you might not be a Christian or you're a bad Christian uh, or you're missing the point. Yeah. Um, By the way, this is what Romero said. And we'll go to you next, Kristen. What happened to you, USA? What happened? What's going on? You forgot the best of the best of the world, the name of Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Wake up, USA. Go, go back where you, you've gone. Go for Jesus. No forget Jesus, people. It's Cuban, so it's second language. So what do you think here? Kristen Brown, big deal, little deal, no deal. I really don't think it's that big a deal because Dana White is a is a CEO looking after his product, and in that respect, 
it's it's to be expected. Okay, if you're looking at it from the the fighter's point of view, and your boss is telling you, "Hey, you just need to keep your mouth closed, keep your opinions to yourself, keep your faith to yourself." From that respect, from the fighter's point of view, yeah, it's a big deal because I'm being oppressed, persecuted, whatever. But from the Dana White deal, I mean, it's ex- it's expected, right? I mean, companies are doing that all the time these days. You know, keep your personal opinions yourself. You got to watch what you say on Twitter. You got to watch what you say on Facebook. All this other kind of stuff because you, you're going to get persecuted. Yeah, I, I probably you know I agree with you guys as far as the you know I think. I usually go little deal on on most of the stories that involve, um, uh, you know, persecution, just because I again I think Jesus said it would happen. Anyone who who wants chooses to live a godly life will be persecuted. Um, you know, Christ told us up front that was going to happen, and so I just I, I don't think we should make it a huge deal when those things happen, just because. I mean, we were already told up front. We we know it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think expecting uh, non Christians to respond differently from that um, was kind of setting ourselves up for frustration and disappointment. So I was kind of label those things as a little deal. I don't agree with Dana White. You know, he's got a guy who uh, I guess Joe Rogan still works for UFC and does announcing stuff. But you know, Joe Rogan is mm-hmm. a kind of a raving. Um, atheist i think he he was raised catholic but you know he does stand-up comedy routines and things and he just absolutely picks apart the bible and he calls it all the bible biblical fallacies and he's very um he is very uh antagonistic toward religion now as far as i know he's never done it on a ufc uh you know a ufc pay-per-view or whatever and maybe if he did you know maybe if he did that during a pay-per-view uh, there would be Christians who would be maybe calling for a boycott or things like that. Um, so we, we might could understand the, the flip side of it. But I I, I tend to think that, um, you know, it, it's as Emmanuel said, I like that. I'm a Christian. I like hearing when athletes um, give glory to God. I think we misuse the verses uh, you know that talks about I can do all things through Christ. Philippians four thirteen. Yeah, I think we misuse that a little bit, and, and that's kind of over the years become an athletic type verse. Looking not, at you, Tim Tebow. Yeah, I'm not really sure in context that's what that means. I like, but look, I, I like Tebow. By the way, I'm a Tebow fan. But I. But he wore the eye black with it. I love it when the first thing an athlete said is. Before you know, before going further, I want to give all glory to God. I don't think that's it, what we're it, supposed to do. When it looks sincere, when it looks sincere, and I can't exactly. Gauge whether it's sincere or not, but yeah, yeah. You don't. You got your repentance meter, but you don't have your sincerity meter. It's still being worked on. I'm so. still working on it. I'm in the lab as we speak. So uh, yeah, when, especially when it comes from folks along the lines of Floyd Mayweather or something like that. You know, yeah. Then you're kind of. Shake right. your head a little bit. Yeah. Well, just because they're terrible people don't mean doesn't mean they're not Christians. <laughs> Look at the people on this Good. podcast. I'm a Christian. You know. What I mean? <laughs> hey, I, I want to make a uh, suggestion, okay. Chase. I know that. Uh, so uh, on the uh, schedule here, we were going to move away at this point and do listener feedback. Yep. I, I think maybe let's uh, push listener do, feedback to a next show. Uh, we had one more topic one more originally topic. in the notes yep. that uh, I think you sent us that I think it might be interested to get Kristen's take on while he's here. So sounds why don't good. we? Um, why don't we – we love you listeners. 
but we'll do listener feedback next week. Why don't we wrap up the show today with one more BDLD? Let's do it. All right. So you guys might not know, Carl Lentz is the pastor of Hillsong Church in New York. He's a megachurch pastor. Um, He is a a superstar kind of in the whole Hillsong Church movement. Um, He and his wife are very, very close to Justin Bieber and Justin Bieber's girlfriend, I think her name is Haley. She's the daughter of Stephen Baldwin, uh, for those of you that know who they are. Uh, Carl Lentz, good-looking guy, great shape. His wife is is very attractive. They're very hip, posh. They're constantly uh, with celebrities, things like that. So so they're a good interview. Um, what what are, you, what are you guys you just, about? You just always, like, when you go to introduce someone, yeah. you, you start way too often with, like, they really look good. I mean, <laughs> he was like, he's a good looking guy, yeah, good looking body, guy, yeah. abs. I mean, <laughs> right, right. Look, I give him an eight and three quarters out of ten. He's got, a, what he's got is his veneers <laughs> like he likes it. This is a podcast. You have to describe things for people. They're sitting at home thinking, Carl Lynch, I, wonder, I mean, this is, is he coming, an ugly guy or is he a good looking, good and This, guy? this is coming from the guy who has coined the phrase on all of our serial reviews about mouthfeel. So <laughs> well, that's we, just we, a we, totally we, different subject. Is, all right, so go ahead. Be that as it may. They're, they're GQ type people. We got it. Move. I don't care what they look like. I don't even know what we're talking <laughs> that, about here. Who's going to win Alabama Auburn this year? War Eagle. Kristen, I go to you first. <laughs> hey, no, I'm just kidding. No we deal. We won't get into that. So they were recently interviewed about the homosexual issue. Uh, and this, this is what Carl Lynn says. Now, th- his policy is he will not talk publicly about homosexuality, not give pronouncements, not say what, you know, what, what they teach on it. Or, so essentially we're not going to take a position. Exactly. We're not going to take a position. We'll it's talk about it in true. private. Which is a position. That's not true. It is true. Not taking a public position is, doesn't mean the same thing. It's, it's not taking a position. <laughs> it's the media. He, you, you can't win. They're not going to give you enough time to explain uh, the Bible. Well, look, they, I, I will gonna, give they're them. They're going to grab a sound bite. And that, okay. that, may, be, that, that may be true, but I, I will give from. them more credit than the, uh, what was the evangelical Lutherans who recent, you know, their, their, their take for the last couple of years has been we do not affirm same sex marriage, we do not condemn same sex marriage. No, and he hasn't. They haven't done which that. I think is just. And that's yeah. actually, that's what I'm going to ask you guys. You know, is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal? His answer, his wife's answer. His answer was this: Jesus was in the thick of an era where homosexuality, just like it is today, was widely prevalent. And I'm still waiting for someone to show me the quote where Jesus addressed it on the record in front of people. You won't find it because he never did. That's what he said. This is what his wife Laura said. She said, it's not our place to tell anyone how they should live. It, it's, that's their journey. All right. Is that answer from prominent megachurch pastors, the lenses, who we don't know what they look like, we don't care. <laughs> is that answer a big deal, little deal, or no deal? I'm Googling them to see how they look. They look normal. Yeah. Then, I'll give you my, then I'll give you my... Uh... Well, if they were ugly, I would say <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll wait to see how they look, I and mean, then. But awesome. since they're not ugly, can I? Uh, who, did, who did you throw it to? I'll throw it to Kristen since he's being the most reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. One of the things that irks me beyond belief, personally, in my walk as a Christian, is when I hear people say, "Well, Jesus never talked about it." Amen. Well, Jesus didn't oh, talk man. about a lot of things. 
Okay, mm. he didn't smoke. You know, he, he didn't talk about smoking weed. He, he didn't did, talk about. Yeah. Amen. You can't. <laughs> he didn't say narco Nick over in the corner. Drug your girlfriend. Play video games. He didn't address Xbox druggings. Yeah, that doesn't make it right. Exactly. You know what I mean? That that whole that whole scenario and that narrative drives me up the wall. Yeah, it's 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 a non-starter. Just because he didn't talk about it doesn't mean that things aren't right. Okay, I'm just I'm just going from a common sense point of view here. Now, one of the other things is uh, that where he talked about is my thing is that Jesus transcends politics. That was another quote. Some Christians say you can't even be a Democrat and follow Jesus, which is true. And he says that really bugs me. Now. My point about that part of the article here is Jesus does transcend politics. That part he's correct because he wouldn't align with any you know particular political party. But he's got problems with both sides of the spectrum when it comes to morality, when it comes to Christian values. He's got problems with everybody politically. You know what I mean? That part bothers me too with what he said. I mean, no, I mean – Sure. Yeah, Jesus probably wouldn't be a Democrat. No, he probably wouldn't be a Republican either. Wouldn't say he'd be a Libertarian. You can't really put him in a political party because he tra- he does transcend all that. Well, Jesus would be a uh, he. I mean, he, he'd obviously be for monarchy. Monarchy. Yeah, he's not a fan of representative republics and a lot of voting. He, he, he didn't set one up. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to. Vote. He's not he going to set it up. He didn't want way. votes. He just like I'm in charge. But you know. My biggest thing with this whole thing is this is a pastor shepherd that is leading people astray. Mm. And you guys have talked about this on a on a different podcast. You know, the the responsibility that you have as pastors and as teachers. Guys, this is this is big. Big deal. This is a very big deal. Because you're just not talking about him and his walk and his wife's good looking walk. <laughs> you're we have no idea about those things. I know, but now I'm, now I'm fantasizing about his wife. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I love a good walk. But, Dick, you're up. I love a woman who knows how to walk. You're up. My, wife will, my wife will attest to that. However. It's, it's a lost art. Ha- however, I mean, that is just a that, – that makes me want to put my head through a brick wall to have pastors that do this kind of stuff and say this kind of stuff. So this is a big deal to you? Absolutely. All right. Not for them. For their congregation. I, I hear you. And I, I think I'm actually going to agree. But first, let's see what Emmanuel has to say. Big deal, little deal, no deal. It's no deal. And this is why it's no deal. If you look at the article, this is how they, this is the first words that it, it kind of has as a subtitle. He's hip. He has tattoos. Anytime you read any article about any Christian pastor and it leads with he's hip and he has tattoos, they're probably going to I can't say that I'm in the church. They're probably going to be – I don't know what to say that's acceptable on air. Don't listen to them. Use your thesaurus. <laughs> I know. It's just not as descriptive. They're, they're not going to be correct on things. Now, I don't have a problem with him not wanting to talk about homosexuality on the record. I actually think that's kind of wise um, because you're not going to get time – uh, to really espouse your full view, uh, my pastor this morning actually discussed it some. It wasn't his sermon wasn't about that, but he just said, "Look, you know, at this church we love everybody, 
and you know we love you enough to tell you you're wrong and we love you enough to to you know for you to be here we don't want you to leave if you struggle with this um and i think that's essentially what he's saying but what irritates me more than anything is what what he's talking about jesus didn't say this and okay if you're a pastor and you've ever uttered those lines you don't understand the bible because if it's in the bible it's 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 about jesus whether he's whether it's a direct quote or not the whole bible is about jesus and you know how i know the whole bible is about jesus because jesus said the whole bible was about jesus so no he didn't say what you you know i had to have a direct quote quote but he said the whole thing testifies about me that means the stuff in leviticus that means stuff in the you know that means first corinthians uh all of it it means romans one you know he he might not have quoted it but he said it if well, that makes sense yes and and that i, I think that's a, i think the whole thing's a big deal. I think that uh, I really, really don't like the line about you know whatever. It's it's not. Our but he place. has tattoos, David. We yeah, should listen yeah, to him. And he's, he's good cool. looking. He's, he's good, good looking. looking. Cool. He's got nice abs or some whatever Chase said. But uh, I, I think that <laughs> I think shiny teeth. I uh. that whole thing about it's not our job to tell people how to live their lives. If you're their pastor, <laughs> that's kind of the job description. If you're their pastor, you according to Hebrews are going to give an account one day in that terminology watching over their souls. I don't even understand what all that means, and I'm not trying to put um, you know, a person's salvation or sanctification solely on the, on the shoulders of their pastor. I think you can, go, you, you can take that too far. But you do have responsibility. You have a, a lot of responsibility, and responsibility that one day you are going to give an account for. And when I, when I, when I hear a pastor say something like that, it makes me think you, you haven't grasped the gravity of it, that you don't feel the weight of that. I, th- I think you're missing something. And I agree totally with Emmanuel. I made the point in our sermon this morning where we, we were dealing with some of these issues. I think Jesus did address the marriage issue because Jesus said in, in John 16, he told his disciples, I have much more to say to you, but it is more than you can bear. When my spirit comes, the spirit of truth, he is going to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And, and so I, I think that you know, Jesus said, I'm going to continue speaking. The Spirit is going to come. He's going to speak through. Uh, he's going to speak out of uh, authority. And, and and then obviously I believe the Word is, you know, tells us. I mean, he spoke through the apostles. And so I think all the New Testament is, as Emmanuel said, about Jesus, from Jesus. I think all the Old Testament was about Jesus, from Jesus. He affirmed that. So I do believe Jesus addressed it. Uh, and I used the illustration this morning that if you give a message to your kids it's directly from you, it carries your authority. If you give a message to your children through another child in the home, it still carries your authority. Your message carries your authority whether you deliver it personally or you um, someone else. else. Yeah, you send someone else to deliver it. Either way, it carries authority. So um, I, I think that's a big deal. What, what they're what they're saying here, right, Christian? You had something to throw. Yeah, in. There, there's there's one quote that I want you guys to address, being pastors and elders here at this at this lovely church here, the HOD, um, and we and you guys kind of touched on this in the service today, which was a great service. 
The quote is, we have a lot of gay men and women in our church, and I pray we always do. What is your take on that quote? You know, I, I've thought about that. I, it depends on what he means. It, it, you know, if, if you're saying – if you're saying by that we're reaching people that have a homosexual orientation and they're hearing the gospel of Jesus and they're being transformed, then I say, hey, awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the idea that you wouldn't let a homosexual church – a homosexual person come into your church is, is sheer bigotry at best yeah. because homosexuality is not a sin worse than any other sin. And if you're going to stand at the, bo- the door and bar people from entering that are sinners, then you're going to have a, a small church service of zero. Uh, if what he means by that is this is a place that is welcoming for people with homosexual orientation, you know, live how you want to, who are we to tell you how to live your life, we're just going to point you to Jesus, I would say, well, that's a that's a bad shepherd peddling compromise. And I don't know the situation well enough to to give a judgment on that. You guys have anything you would you would add? No, I mean, again, I think it's I think it's based on what he means. I, I as a pastor of a church. I pray that we have people from people coming to know Christ, and I understand they're going to have all different kinds of backgrounds, and I don't want to see anyone holding on to a sin in their past or you know holding on to a sin in their present that would keep them from coming to Christ. So I hope all types of people from all walks of life are letting go of sin and turning to Jesus, and I hope that is always happening. Yes. But I want them to find sanctification and holiness that comes from knowing Christ, not being identified by a past sin. So I, I, I find a lot of disagreement with that and curious exactly what he meant by it. But. Yeah, I, I mean, that, and that goes back to what Emmanuel said. Um, what is he really talking about, like what, what you guys are saying? What is he really talking about? What, what types of people, whether it's thieves, whether it's adulterers, whether, you know, whatever the, the First Corinthians passage is, is talking about there? But why address that to Emmanuel's point? He's Emmanuel says, well, I can understand why he doesn't want to go on record for something like that. Why does he say something like this and go on record with something like this without clarification? Yeah, it does, it does seem like he's mm-hmm. that's transgressing his boundaries. Right. All right, well, let me, let me close this out by saying this one thing. Um, it, it is often said Jesus never addressed the issue of homosexuality, so why should we do it? David's absolutely right. It is it is addressed in the New Testament multiple times uh, by spirit empowered writers. But you know, in Matthew nineteen, Jesus is asked the question about divorce, and he says this: that um, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Jesus taught about marriage frequently. He always taught about marriage in the context of one man and one woman. That was Jesus's definition of marriage, and we talked about it in church, this the, our, our gathering this morning. If if you came to Jesus and said, Jesus, we're in Birmingham right now, this is south of Huntsville, Alabama, and you said, Jesus, give me directions to Huntsville, Alabama. And if he told you, okay, you go to Interstate 65 and you go north until you get to Huntsville, and that's how you'll find it. And, and if you're going to Interstate 65 and you get there and you say to yourself, well, he didn't say don't go south. So I bet I can probably get to Huntsville by going south because Jesus didn't forbid me from going south. And that may be true, but he said go north. He said he identified here marriages between one man and one woman. 
That's how he described it multiple times. And and so it's just it, it's just being fast and loose with the commandments of Jesus and looking for loopholes that aren't there to say that Jesus never talked about it. Jesus did talk about it. He told us what marriage was supposed to be. And I don't think we can deny that. Amen, Pastor Chase, Bishop Thompson. And good luck working out your abs this week so people will take you more seriously. I need a lot of ab work, and quit giving me titles. And tattoos. And Oh, I need some tattoos too, man. What's wrong with me? All right, we're going to wrap up episode 60 here, and um, uh, uh, we want to thank Emmanuel for joining us as usual. Kristen, thank you for uh, being here as well. Well, thank you, guys. It was uh, was a privilege. It was an honor, and thank you to my wife for filling in for me at the gathering back at First Church. Pants! Uh, so uh, we, she didn't let you do anything, Kristen. I want to uh, allow you, since you're sitting in Nick's chair, to actually take us out. And so I've, I've, I've handed you uh, the all powerful Google, copy. the all powerful Google Chromebook, and and so you have the outro here with what Nick That's usually right. reads, ending in the all important line right there. You take it away. All right. Don't forget, you can contact the Gospel Friends by social media. And Emmanuel loves this this part <laughs> at my gospel friends on the Twitter, oh, yeah. on Facebook at facebook dot com slash groups slash Hall of Dogma, and on the voicemail, leave the guys a voicemail at two zero five five seven five nine seven three five, or go to Speakpipe. <laughs> Always, and the address is not there yeah. because David doesn't know it. That's <laughs> we never know. It. Speakpipe dot com forward slash the gospel friends there it is we need to lay down some Barry white yeah, tracks right. over this yeah get some get some music going here nick all right so anyway hey guys i enjoyed it david chase emmanuel it was great tune in next week when you might hear david say i wanted to play video games tonight but uh i can't find my pants let <laughs> me text my wife <laughs> Me they, me they, me they. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, Brett. <coughs>
Somebody, somebody will get it. I got it too. That was, I'm that was good. I'm for the guy. So, how can you not be? Brought to you he this week dying, by Nick's <laughs> blood pressure. Social media. They keep, people keep sharing his. Uh... <laughs> All right, I'll shut up now. We're Brought to you this up. week by Chase's Toupee. Hey, now I have a toupee. Just tell that to the here. seniors. Three. <laughs> they they, they two, think he has a toupee. They did they when did they first got here. here. When he first got here. Three. <laughs> Look, good glue doesn't mean it's not. It's not a toupee. It's called bedhead. Thank you. <laughs> Wait. Brought to you. Brought to you. Brought to you. All right, here we go. We're going. Three. This is 60, by the way. Two. Thank you. I got it. 60. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Can a brother not yawn? Yeah, but it was just funny. It was. I thought you were going to say something. Okay. Oh, no. I'm Three. about to fall asleep. Brought to you this week. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had this muscle spasm. <laughs> okay, I got it out of my system. I'm ready now. Can we go? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Brought to you this. <laughs> <laughs> we have to aggravate David just enough to get Nick and I in the game. You don't have a. Then we're ready to go. Out, <laughs> That's one of the keys of success in a podcast (laughs) to get somebody in the podcast really angry so you're happy and then you can go, hey, now. Hey, okay, that's over the line. I've had enough of discussions from this thing. All right, here we go. Three. Is that why it's taped up? Yes. I just have four scars in my back. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. No, see Nick. Nick Jenkins. Have a good day, Nick Jenkins. You failed this city. I was going to leave, guys, so he could. Oh, it's fun. It'll be, uh, it's good. It'll it's be good. much more entertaining. Do you need to do anything, recording wise? I, really I really just wanted to get another beverage. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got to go to the bathroom. So. All right, we're bringing. You can go to the bathroom after this episode's done. We're bringing I'm Nick coming. on. Uh, excuse me, Nick's uh, Nick's going to scoot away oh, and welcome. He hadn't said anything anyway. <sighs> yeah. he, didn't, he didn't even get to do contact info this time David did it so Oh my gosh, that is true Hashtag free Nick is going to be trending all over Twitter after Look, we, we let We let Nick we, we, net, we let Nick record and stuff like that So, I mean We let Nick record Alright, welcome awesome. into the show 